Will of SNES, episode 19, Wild Snake. Any opinions, Josh? <laughs> I think more like Robo Jim on Dodgeball of... Oh, yeah, the hissing cobras. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to jump in here and uh, read you the back of the Wild Snake box. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Josh. I mean, I, it's got to be better. Wild Snake. A wild slithering puzzle adventure in the t- tradition of Tetris. A deadly nest of snakes, and only you can keep them from getting out. Maneuver each snake so it touches another snake of the same kind, making the venomous viper disappear. Sound easy? As long as you can keep mashing up snakes, you're in control. But when those poisonous reptiles pile close to the top, you better run for your life. If you're lucky, a king cobra might appear and devour every snake in its path. Or the powerful flashing wild snake could rid all of the snakes of one color. But remember, snakes like a challenge, and they move faster and faster as your skill improves. One or two players can face snakes alone or go to head-to-head with a friend. Eight challenging grid shapes to wind your snakes through. Choose from forest, desert, water, or grassland backgrounds. Multiple levels from the slow nestling to the vicious king cobra. A great game, challenging, addicting, and fun. I recommend it. Is uh, what Alexei Pajanov, the creator of Tetris, says. Uh, it also says on the front of it, the creator of Tetris, Alexei, introduces. Looking at who developed and produced the game, I didn't. Uh, there was an Alexei in there, but it wasn't the Alexei from Tetris. So I have a feeling they paid this guy to introduce this game. It, it literally says. Alexi, I ain't gonna butcher it. Alexi P, creative creator of Tetris, introduces Wild Snake. So I feel like I, my mind says, "Hey, he must have made Wild Snake." I think they paid this guy just to introduce Wild Snake. I think they paid him just for his name. Yes, I think that is it. I do not know that, and I don't know this. I, I looked around. I didn't care a whole lot to get too deep into this because it would just piss me off a little bit. We got bait and switch. I do not think that the creator of Tetris had anything to do with this. Game, no, absolutely. other than an influence of his game. Yeah, I think that was it. But uh, yeah, so and another thing that kind of. Uh, what is it they say in here? As long as you keep matching up snakes, you're in control. You're in control. I feel like that's very sexual sounding. A hundred percent. Like I feel like there's a Chinese finger trap and two snakes on each end of this thing, <laughs> and I I don't know. They talking. But then they also say, but remember, snakes like a challenge. I don't know any snakes. I don't know that they like a challenge. What do you think about it, Josh? I have pet reptiles. Oh, that is true. Does your snakes love a challenge? No, they don't. They just want to hide and be left alone. Okay. Well, these are wild snakes. Yours (laughs) must be tame snakes. Mine are tame snakes. Hey, do you know how to uh, catch a unique snake? No. Unique up on it. Unique up on it. You know how to catch a tame snake? No. Tame way. (laughs) (laughs) Look, that's that's a bonus. That is a bonus right right there. Uh, so, uh, it does literally say that Alexi, the creator of Tetris, introduces it. Uh, uh, there is another, uh, developer in here that is named Alexi, but it's a different last name. Uh, this game came out in 1994. Uh, Bulletproof Software developed it. Uh, 
and Manly, 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 and Associates developed it for Super Nintendo. Basically, I think what happened, because even when you turn the game on, you get the Bulletproof software. Yeah. I think Bulletproof made this game. I think they hired Man, Manly or Manly and Associates to make it compatible for Super Nintendo. I think that's how they get their credit in on there. Uh, this game was made for the Super Nintendo and Game Boy. They did have it set up for the Game Gear and Sega Genesis, but uh, never made to release. Uh doesn't surprise me. One thing that was kind of funny is like, well, you know, Bulletproof Software, you know, we've heard of them. Yep. Uh, but I never heard of the Manly and Associates, so I kind of just looked into them to see what was up. And there was a couple little interesting uh, uh, tidbit. Like, uh, so they ended up getting bought out by EA, I think, in 96. But uh, they did a lot of MS-DOS, some Amiga games. They did some Super Nintendo games and stuff, too. Uh, one thing that I thought was probably stood out the most with these cats, uh, like, I think they ended up doing, like, some of the Home Alone games and Pink Panther for Super Nintendo. But the composer of it, his name is Robert Riddihah, R-I-D-I-H-A-L-G-H. Uh, he was the composer for this, but he uh, kind of did some big stuff for... Uh, I mean, up until 2019, I think I have him doing credits for some stuff like uh, uh, Tom Clancy uh, games, a couple of them, Sonic Rivals, a couple of the uh, the 2019 Forzas. But when EA bought him out, he did a lot of the music or the composing for uh, the Need for Speeds. Like, we're talking Hot Pursuit. Like, so, I mean, this... I okay, mean, now, here's, here's the ultimate test of that. If he done Need for Speed, did he do Underground and Underground 2? He was not credited with those. Uh, I think, I mean, we, I think. Those were the best. Hot Pursuit. That might have been the one to put it on the map. Uh, we're talking probably the early, early games. Oh, I agree. So I think by the time Underground came around, I, I, I ain't saying that he didn't work on it, but his the credits they were showing was more of the earlier stuff. Yeah. Well, I say Underground came out, I think, for the PS2 and, genre era. So. So, uh, you know, basic gameplay for this is uh, pretty simple. I've got it down, and, and you may uh, help me explain it, because I, I think I'm kind of at a loss for words on some of the mechanics of this, but basically it is a Tetris, Dr. Mario-style board game. game. Puzzle. But instead of having little capsules like Dr. Mario or blocks like Tetris, you get snakes. snakes. And uh, so you match two snakes, they disappear. Like I said, there's four backgrounds, seven uh, grid tops in a two-player mode. The one thing that, I guess, really sets this apart from the other games of this genre is when your snakes hit the ground, they don't stop. Like, they, they continue move, to slither. They slither until they hit a hit a obstruction. Yeah, so, like, they go head first, and <laughs> if they're head first into, like, a, like, if they're going straight down, they'll just bounce off of it. But when they go left or right, if they hit something, they'll stop. And, of course, however the snake is positioned, that's how it stops. Yep. So once you put two snakes of the same color together and they disappear, the snakes continue to shift. Yep. Constantly and shifting. So I don't really know what you would call that mechanic of it. It's kind of hard to explain. But, uh, you know, that is essentially the game. It is... To me, I kind of felt more Dr. Mario with it than I did Tetris I did with too. it. Uh, but, you know, once your pieces, you know, I guess that's that's what's weird. is like in Dr. Mario and Tetris, I don't think the pieces fall in Tetris, but in Dr. Mario, they'll fall, they fall straight down. In this one, 
they fall down and then slither. So like like they if it straight. will not go straight down and stop, it'll go straight down. Sometimes they'll stop and then it'll move left and right, right without you controlling it. Tetris moves too. I mean, once you clear a row, it drops. Okay. Like I said, it does move, but I mean, but it's Tetris. Like I said, it just draw it just shifts that aspect. It doesn't shift the whole down mechanic. So and and I guess uh now that I'm thinking of it, as far as the the control setup for this is, you're really only using a D pad. Yeah. I mean, you know, you <clears throat> use your, uh, you know, to start the game and uh, to select your options, but uh, besides that, you don't need any button but your no. D pad. So, I mean, it's pretty you're simple. Ro- you're not rotating the snake yeah. like you do in Tetris, and which is, which is weird because, like I say, with this being a 1994 game. Uh, you kind of expect uh, a little bit more. Now, I will say too that it does have a, a Game Boyish feel to me. It does. Uh, so uh, that, and I think that is why they brought Manly and Associates in. I don't know that for sure, but uh, I think it was probably just set up for the Game Boy, and they kind of ported it over, maybe, perhaps. But anyways, uh, is there anything you think I've missed on the the gameplay, or anything I've overlooked here, Joshua? I mean, the opening scene was. Kind of cool, I guess. The, the one with three snakes. Yeah. Uh, so there's no story. Just these snakes. You want to, instead of keeping these snakes off a plane, or keep these uh, snakes from slithering, uh, you just try to keep them in this jar. Yeah, that's kind of what the playing grid looks like. Now, I will say that I did try some of the other playing grids are shaped like X's or obstacles or whatever. Yeah. But there's no story here. But, you know. Just, just, just play until you... Can't anymore. So when it starts up, uh, explain what these three snakes look, Josh. They look, they're bluish, purple, three heads, two on the ends, one in the center. They're cobras and they're hissing. It says wild snake. And it does look like it's one snake with three heads. It's what it looks like to me. 100%. It doesn't look like three unique snakes. It looks like one snake with three heads. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that is literally, I mean, you can get a... uh, bulletproof software and a, a couple of trademarks pop up, and then that, yeah, and then it's just game. Yeah. So, uh, so I give it that. I said the opening was the title screen was kind of cool. Which I guess before you get into the game, it's kind of a strange setup they got. You get in, and it says options and start. And if you hit start, you're just taking the base options. But once you go into options, there's actually a little bit more uh, to do with the game. I mean, you can select your difficulty, you can select your stages. Uh, let's say that's all in the make it for me like I'm, i mean yeah yeah I, i've got it in i've got it in my area but uh i might just go off your make it and put a little critique in there yeah because uh, it it little clunky a little Very, strange it was it was but uh i guess uh we'll just uh jump out of this then i mean mm-hmm. I, there's not any real build up more that we can put to this uh so we're just gonna hop right over into what makes this game are you good with that josh yeah uh, well, I want to start with the stuff before you really turn it on. I thought the music was pretty good. Music was solid. Uh, it was very similar, but it wasn't a constant loop. I could see where somebody could say they hated this music. I like it though. I like I, puzzle game music. I do too. It's always catchy. It's always catchy. And, uh, that's one of the reasons I actually went and wanted to see who the composer was for this because I just, I thought it was good. Uh, Nothing that was blew my socks off. Uh, nothing that was earth shattering. It was just good. Good. Okay. Uh, a step above mediocre, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 
so uh, the uh, game style is pretty familiar. That's one good thing it has going with it too. Uh, it is, I mean, I know they have like a jar outline of the grid that you're using, but it is just like a Dr. Mario Tetris game. Like I, if you played any of those games, you feel right at home with it. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it really is. It does take a puzzle game and add a unique twist with the way the snakes do fall, which I appreciated. I said they, they took something, kept it close to the original, but also tried to add their own little twist to it, their own little flavor, which was good, which I, like I, said, I thoroughly enjoyed. And the other thing I really liked about it is I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I think to, to me it sounded like the music changed depending on the background you got. Like, it was still virtually the same, but it was like a different pitch or tone, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I do agree that, like, depending on where you were playing at. But, you know, as the game moved on as, w as well, you know, kind of like in true Tetris fashion or something, the game, the music, I guess, sped up. It was almost like you it, were getting different music. It was more <laughs> frantic, you know? Yeah, and that, that's where, like I said, and that, that, that's always a classic puzzle puzzle style is the faster the music starts becoming the more difficult the game becomes itself because your pieces are starting to come faster and the the only thing i would say that as familiar as this game is the only part that i would knock on the controls i mean i still got this as a good part but you know i'm used to in tetris being able to push the button and switch these dudes around yep so it did take me a minute i'm like wait what What's my buttons do? Yeah. And uh, so it did set me back just a little bit, but simple game, simple controls. Yep. Uh, another thing that, uh, you know, this game wasn't like super visually appealing, but I mean, it was probably a little more pixelated or a little more plain as far as graphics. Uh, and, and that's kind of saying a lot with it being a puzzle game, but uh, the, the colors on the snake... I was sitting there as I'm playing this, and I'm like, oh, great. I got two or three different snakes that are blue or yellow. I'm going to get confused on which ones I'm doing. But they didn't. They, they did a pretty good team. Uh, yes. So, like, I mean, you had, like, a light blue, a dark blue, a dark blue with orange stripes. And so, even though you still had to think about where you're putting your snake, uh, it wasn't like, oh, hell, I put a a dark blue on a light blue thinking that no, it was so no it was extremely noticeable unless you're colorblind yes then you'd have a problem <laughs> so even though the color palette wasn't blowing you away they distinguished between their snakes good enough to uh um uh, you could be able to tell what you were actually pairing it up with no. so I, I was a little concerned at first with that when i seen the graphics of it uh uh i do like the pause menu well, it's not really a pause menu. You pause, and in a true, true puzzle game, it blanks the screen. It takes the board off. All you're looking I at... I didn't notice that. So, I never paused it. So if you uh, were playing on the water level, if you hit pause, it took the board, the preview, the score, the number of snakes or lines or whatever you made, they disappeared. All you were looking at was the background of water. <clears throat> so it wasn't like you could say, oh, God, here's a new snake. Pause it. Look where you're going to put it and then drop it, which, you know, that's, kinda, that's cool. That, that kind of seems you know, elementary. I think Tetris, <laughs> I think, 
if I'm thinking right on some of the times you can pause Tetris, it just removes the pieces. When you unpause it, it puts them back, so you can't get that advantage. Yeah. Because I could totally, I could see myself actually doing that once it's really getting heated. Yeah. Just hitting pause and trying to figure out where you're going to put Trying to find the best place. So, yeah, that, that's actually pretty cool. And just like Tetris, they also had like a preview where uh, they put a snake in there of some sort. It's length. Uh, it's color. It said, next snake. And at first, I'm like, this is the stupidest thing ever. As I, I don't care what color snake. I don't care how long it is. But I started playing it on, like, the difficult, uh, you know, uh, hard, difficult. I was like, it had preview and then no preview. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, you know, no preview is going to be the same as what I'm playing because I ain't really using this. But once I started using hard and I was, like, actually getting, like, halfway up the board... The preview did. I did see myself because I was I was just sitting there thinking, <laughs> hey, I can't block these snakes off because I'd have three colored snakes and I get one that's like a freaking monster. the length of the whole board. Yeah, it'd be a damn river monster coming up yeah. through here, and I didn't want to block anything off. But uh, uh, that it was actually pretty useful. It was a few things as the game went on that I didn't enjoy it at first, like some aspects. But the more I played it, it made more sense. Yeah. So I did notice one thing though, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, and I thought it was pretty entertaining. Is your uh, special snake the one that flashes? Right? Okay. Yeah. It was always small. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he wasn't big. He was just a little tiny worm-looking thing. He looked like a little sausage wrapped yeah. up there. I, I never really noticed the the length of the. He always stayed. He was always a small one. He just okay, okay. Yeah, he, he wasn't a big boy like the anacondas or the boa constrictors that would come up later. So, uh, I didn't play the uh, two player version, obviously. No, but, I didn't uh, either. Uh, and I know I think you could spam basically be like a Tetris attack where you made pairs and it made it tougher on the other person, but. Uh, did you play the King Cobra mode in this? I tried. Uh, I thought that was that was the best game mode they had. Uh, King Cobra, basically, it you know, it, I guess you would call the normal setting like free play, where you're just trying to match as many snakes, and the uh, the score would keep up with how many snakes you had made. But then, like, you get into King Cobra mode, and it would be like challenges. So it would be like, hey, you know, match. 20 different snakes in this level or hey you know eliminate 60 snakes in three yeah. minutes or something like that it would be like an objective base yeah, it made it fun but i mean it was like i said i tried it was fun but my emulator like and this goes on the break it section for me so if you got one more thing or anything like that i got one more okay i'll let you do that and then i'll tell you why the king cobra phase was a little bit tougher for me which i will tell you the king cobra is the only part that is marked on the speed run. And, really? Uh, yes. Uh, got a preview. Give you a little snippet to hang around. Only one person is logged in. If you want to make a speed run and hold that title, Josh, you may be able to do it. You only got one person to beat. I'm good. Okay. So uh, this the probably the biggest part that makes this game for me is... Uh, uh, I felt like the game was more fun as I played it. Like it really sucked to start out. It was it was just weird, and it kind of seemed like a fad. Like the third game I played, I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm already kind of over this." But then I found some more game modes, and then you know there was a little bit of gamesmanship to it. Uh, I feel like the more you played it, the better you got. 
Well, that's just like Tetris and yeah. Dr. Mario. I don't think it was on the same scale as that, but like I feel like you can get really good at Tetris and it's a super fun game. I'm a Tetris dude. You know that. Uh, not really a Dr. Mario guy, ironically enough, but I can still get down on Dr. Mario. But this game, it was just like some of the features that I didn't like, I enjoyed it the more I played. I'm like, well, I'm glad I got that feature now. I kind of understand it. But, uh, you know, part of the con is you had to power through to get to that part where you could actually learn that you could have fun doing this. But I just felt like the game overall, it got more fun as you played it. Now, I'm not going to say that it was as fun as Star Fox by any means. Uh, uh, But, you know, I mean, it did. you did have some enjoyment, some replayability out of it. It did. All right, so that's all I've got. You already got something on your heart for what breaks this, Josh. Listen, it could just be my emulator. I don't know, but you've already hinted on it a little bit. The controls were clunky. Like, I couldn't, for the life of me, on King Cobra mode, get my snakes to face a certain way that I needed them to. Yeah, I can normally get them into the area I wanted them. Yeah, I could get but, them closely to the area, but I couldn't get that fine movement that I was needing. Yeah. So, yeah, trying to get them to face one way or another, I'd just give up on that. I was just pl- playing by the seat of my pants on it. Cause so, I, see, that, that, not, I didn't know if that was an emulator, but you mentioned clunkiness of the controls a little bit. And that's my big, that, that's, that there is one of the things is just because of that. Maybe if they would have put, like, used one of the other buttons. Because I'm like, man, I wonder what the triggers do. I don't know what the triggers should have did, but I felt like they probably should have did something. But I'm like, if maybe if I push, like, X or A, it'll stop the snake. Like, maybe you get, like, one part, like, like, not stop it in mid-go, but, like, once it hits an area and it starts to slither, you hit the button. And it stops. Well, it. see, I, I would like to, for if it hit the area, like right, like when it hit the area, you hit a button, and you can choose left or right. That yeah, you're right. You're that would been good. Uh, so one of the things I got here, I thought the music was good, uh, which is subjective. I can see if you didn't like the music, but uh, uh, what was weird is I didn't really hear no sound effects. No, I there wasn't no like, come on, give me some, <clears throat> give me something. Give like, me like, like clearing out a snake, you know, yeah. your collar, you know, no, no little ting or <clears throat> or like a no indicator. Yes. Like, like even your score ticked up, but there was no sound of your score going up. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, there was no sound for uh, clearing snakes or nothing that was noticeable. There was no sound for your score climbing uh, or reaching another tier uh, or <coughs> like, you know, maybe every 10 snakes you kill, like, you know, well, I mean, you, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like I said, moving up a different tier, you know, you start out on your tiers as like a garter snake or something like that. And the better you do, you know, you start moving up to like boa, rat snake, rattlesnake, constrictor, you know, like whenever that moved up, you know, give me a sound, give me an indicator that I'm doing something. Okay. Well, you done brought it up. I could not stand them telling me the names of these snakes. I did not like that. I did not enjoy it. I don't know why I get... I, it was not fun for me. I don't care that it's a, a boa or a viper or whatever the hell they called it. I did not like the snake names on there. I felt like the time that you invested in putting that snake name, you could have did made the gameplay a little bit better. I would have rather had sound effects as you telling me what the snake is. See, the name of the snakes... I... I could take it or leave it. It's a neutral side effect. I don't. I don't care. 
But well, at, at the end of the day, is like there was some stuff they could have tidied up, and I'm like, how much time did this take? If this took like literally 30 minutes and one person's time to write this script, cool. But if you told me that this took like 40 hours for a team of people to do, and it took up X amount, of, yes, uh, I would, I would, you yeah. know, of course, it's easy to say in hindsight, it's like take them resources. <laughs> And move them to something else. Yeah. Like, like make this better. Give me sound effects. Give me, you know, more fluid gameplay. Yeah. Uh, and, and another thing that absolutely aggravated me. And I, I, when I was playing the... Okay. This is all going to... This is all going to start raging together. Okay. Okay. The God dang options menu is a freaking disaster. Oh, 100%. That, that was, that okay. was honestly my biggest... Well, the way they set it up, I appreciate that you go in there, and and this is one thing when I was writing this down, uh, you know, all my my breaks is you got options where you set the options for your game up, and then you hit start. How come you don't hit start, and then it asks you how you want to play your game? Like any other game, you're going to hit start, and it's going to say select your difficulty, select your game mode, whatever or mode. Like it was just weird. So if you clicked it on and I, and I come in on normal mode and I, it was almost like I'm sitting here thinking there's no speed drop. I cannot drop a snake any faster. Yep. And, and that was pissing me off. Then come find out you could drop your snake faster. Hold down on the D pad. Well, I was, but when it was so slow, that was how slow the gameplay was. So even at the, the hard difficulty as I'm holding it down, He's moving a little quicker, but it's still slow as shit. I want it to, I don't want like, yeah. Okay. I grade every, now I'm a Tetris guy. I grade everything on Tetris. I appreciate that I can move them down quick or I can push up and it drops them immediately. That's what I want. I want to be able to drop that snake super fast. I want a super sneaky snake (laughs) going down through there. And, and it pissed me off that I didn't get that. Uh, But that was so bad. Like this is some of the, just some of the gameplay part was I'm sitting here thinking, God, I can't speed drop. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can. It's just so bad. It's almost like not speed yeah, drop. Yeah. So then the next part, because the startup, uh, like when if you're playing a normal game mode, it's just so slow. Even in the heart, it's so slow in the game to build up. I'm just like, give me half a freaking pot of snakes to work with. Yeah. And I, I'm okay with that. But the I'm sitting here thinking to myself, this game needs like a challenge. Like there needs to be a mode. I played this game for a damn day, Josh sitting here thinking, how come it doesn't say quick clear 20 red snakes. And I'm sitting here thinking they've missed out because if this was an objective based game, this would be more fun. Oh wait, my second day into playing this, I find in this shitty options menu, there's King Cobra mode. That's exactly what I want. This whole game should have been King Cobra mode. You should have made a King Cobra. This this freaking wild snake should have been set up as King Cobra mode and you could have set it up as easy, medium, difficult. So if it says, hey, on easy, clear, clear 10 snakes of any color in a minute. Medium, clear 20 snakes. Difficult, clear 30. You had an objective because this game was so slow moving. But what made me so mad is I'm sitting here thinking this game could have been great if they would have had an objective-based thing. Oh, it took me two days going through this bullshit options menu, which was horrible to navigate. I mean, I appreciate that they give you the options. Yeah. And uh, but, and, and, and just to put <clears throat> into that, I find this game mode that really the whole game should have been based on. 
I guess this is probably my biggest complaint of everything. Uh, I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> I can tell. So then it's like, why don't you just randomize where the hell I'm playing? I had to select every time. I'm like, I don't want to play in freaking water again. I want to play in the jungle. And I don't like going in there having to select that every yeah. time. Just give me a random world, for God's sake. Random world with the random map. The, yes. the, the jar, yes. that you want to call it. If anything, have the settings set to random. That way, if I want to play a specific one, I can go in there and change that. Don't just give me the same bullshit stage over yeah. and over. And so it's like, I don't know what was more worse. They had the, the ability to give me that, and they didn't. I, w- I really couldn't get past sitting there thinking, I played this game for a day thinking, my God, this is hot garbage. And then the game mode that I feel like was the strongest mode, they actually, I'm like, it doesn't exist. It was- I'm like, it does exist. Yeah. It's just so hidden in this menu. Like, I feel like you should hit the start. It should have options. It should say sound on, sound off, brightness, contrast, whatever. You hit start and then it's going to say, do you want to play normal mode or King Cobra mode? Do you want to play it on medium, difficult, or easy? easy? Stage, random, or pick? Uh, Jar? uh, Yes, jar, random, or pick. You overcomplicated. You overcomplicated this this options menu. I've I've never thought that an options menu could have just about ruined this game for me, but this one it did. See, and you're forgetting the most important thing about the options menu. Hit me with it. It was on the left. That is weird, too, yeah. (laughs) Uh... It was on the left. So to me, what that means is that I have a feeling that way we play things, you know, it's the start menu on top or start menu on on the right or on the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So it's either start menu on the left or start menu on the top. And I, to me, this seems like this was more based for a foreign where it's backwards. Because, you know, we Americans are backwards from everybody on the planet. Well, this this was actually... I've only got one fun fact, and it's what this was called in Japan. And not really nothing crazy, but that's just another prelude to later on. Okay. But, so... And, and you're... I'm getting this now. You're talking, hey, this seems like a foreign game. I'm sitting here thinking... Because another thing I got is I'm like, this game is straight up made for a Game Boy. Like, I... I I could see the graphics and everything yeah. doing better on a Game Boy. Because another thing I noticed was like the screen was it had way too big a display area. The, the HUD, the, the heads up display was just too big. Give me a wider, a more magnified view of the bottle. I mean, literally, the bottle was half the screen. The HUD was the other half. I only need like a sliver of HUD or put that at the top. Yeah. Uh, like, or like in Tetris. Put it in the dead center, and you got a little space on each side. I just seemed like there was a whole lot of space that wasn't really being utilized. And when I was seeing that, I was like, I bet this isn't really noticeable on a Game Boy. And then you're sitting there telling me you're right with the options menu being like that. Uh, I about guarantee you. You play this on a Japanese Game Boy, you probably love it. Probably love it. Be the time of your life. (laughs) Play it actually on a Japanese console that was made for Japanese televisions. You'd probably love it, but... Yeah, like I said, it just felt like, because I mean, let's bring this all the way back to episode one. Did you notice that in Dragon View, the start menu was on the bottom and the option menu was on top? Well, I really kicked it. I did not notice that, or not that I remember. What I recall in Dragon View was the way the characters were speaking sounded like, you know, how a Japanese 
person would think Americans talk every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to say, like, you know, and I guess it's nothing really bad about it. It's just like, you know, hey, how do you think a Canadian speaks? You'd be like, hey, how about that hockey, eh? You know, yeah. and, and, and that was how it did feel. What it did you talking feel. about? Yeah, and, and so, uh, yeah, I kind of get that. Uh, <clears throat> I've got a few more things that I don't like, Josh. I don't like. I didn't like the snake slide mechanism. Like I say, maybe it's too clunky. I don't know why I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I just didn't. Uh, so I, I think. I think they they had an idea. They successfully implemented the idea, but I didn't like. I I think once it hit, you should have had a split second decision to what to either go left or right with the snake. So then, and one of the parts I didn't like about that is. What it's kind of like a fighting game, the puzzle game. What is the most rewarding part of one of these games? Chains off, and combos. Yes, a massive combo. You couldn't. Well, I'm not saying that you couldn't do a massive combo, but like in Tetris and Doctor Mario and these fighting games, you're setting up these combos. Yeah, like you're using your skill. Hey, I'm going to drop a Tetris. Oh, I got this guy put in the perfect area. I'm going to leg sweep and yeah, I mean, boom shit, all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, and, the, whole, and, the whole aspect of the perfect combos. I mean. I don't know if our 17 viewers or listeners, 13, 13 have ever watched this, have ever played this game, but do you remember Tetris 99? Oh, I love Tetris 99. Dude, the ultimate thing on there is to try to get at least a 10 combo. Yeah, and, and so the whole time I'm sitting here thinking, hey, whether, you get, whether you're going for points, you're going for just style, you're going to win the game. Let's hit these combos. Let's set up for combos. But So I'm sitting here, and it's like, you can't really set up a combo. No. But then at the same time, I mean, yeah, some of these games, especially these, I remember playing some of these match three games like, you know, Columns on Sega Genesis, and without knowing, you would drop this massive combo. That did happen on here just because the snakes moved. Like, when you put a combo in, yeah, you, they, you they put keep one, moving. they keep moving. So sometimes, especially you when you would get that little flashing snake that would kill all the snakes of the, the color, the seizure snake, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the seizure or the sne the seizure. No, the, the medical term, <laughs> the, the epileptic snake. Yeah, uh, he would kill all the snakes in one color, and then there would be like a lot of times a massive chain would go off, and it was cool. But I felt like in these other puzzle games, you're actually working you're toward building it. towards it. So like, not that, you know, there ain't a level of, of bull that's involved and a little bit of luck, but it was just like, Oh, well, I'm just throwing snakes down here and hoping for the best. Yeah. That's so I didn't, what you're I, doing. I didn't lock that. This game was more luck based than skill based. Well, I would say it's more luck based than skill based, based on the other, popular puzzle games agreed because i'm sure there's guys and girls out there that play this game religiously and they know every in and out of according it according to you you said there's only one speedrunner, so there's only one person out there you're right you're right and i've <laughs> thought about this speed ride i've thought about this speed ride. oh you thinking about tackling it i don't know see they, he's only got one time is that a slow time or is it a fast time i don't know it's going to be probably tough for me to make it through the King Cobra mode to find out. But hey, if you do, guess what, buddy? You're on a speed run. You think I can get like, hey, what's up, Lay Hulk? 
We go into the oh, club. Oh no, 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 no! You, you can't touch Lay Holt. Oh my god! No, uh, I will. Right, I got one last thing, <laughs> and this is probably minor. I mean, the, the options menu. It, I guess it's not the menu. The menu is fine. Just the way the setup was was the layout. It, yeah, I still can't get past. I'm like, literally, this is what this game needs to be, and it took me over a day to figure out. Now maybe I'm a dumbass. I get that. That's on me. But you tell me that you play this game in the first three games and realize there's a King Cobra mode. Like, I ain't got an instruction book, so I'm not reading this. But uh, there just wasn't enough variety in this game. I agree. Like, it did get a little bit more fun. I feel like there was a little more strategery as the game, uh, the more you played it. But, you know, I think the, it, I think- the shaped boards... I didn't. I didn't care for any of them. I, I mean, I played the obstacle one. I didn't care if it was an hourglass and X. It was the same to me. It's the same game. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Let's change the background and make it water. Uh, Jungle. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't matter to me. Like none of this. This was just cosmetic, and it wasn't even that great to, yeah. be, to start with. I say my biggest thing was <clears throat> like <laughs> the. I'm trying to think of how to put this. You want me to tell you? If it, the game was fun. I, I got the word. I've got the word. You continue, and the, I'm going to tell you what you're trying to say. The game, game was fun after you invested time into it. It was a horrible, it was a all right game, but it got more fun the more you got into it. So I'm trying, I guess I'm trying to say it's a time investment game. I've got the correct word for this. This game is a. Uh, eh. That's what this game Pretty is. Much. I mean, it, it's not, it's just a blah game. I mean, it literally, and, and we talk about these other games where they try too much or they try too little. Sometimes you just try to keep it between the lines. That's exactly what this game Oh, is. they stayed in their lane. Yeah. So, uh, they, they knew they were, they knew they weren't going to beat Tetris. Like, you know, you'll talk about a, a movie or a TV show being like a sandwich show where you get each sandwich, watch it and go on. That's kind of how this game was. It's just a, ah, yeah, it's, it's a game. Yeah. Like there's, not, there, it comes in, you don't have an opinion on it. Don't really have much of an opinion on it after yeah. I played it. I said, it, it's literally, like I said, they knew, they knew the lane they were in. So they knew they would, they did, they weren't going to beat Tetris. And they knew they weren't going to beat Dr. Mario. So they're like, hey, we'll just put out a game that's still fun to play. Now, I guess another thing that I will say on this break it thing, and I can be completely wrong, I still think they're baiting switchiness with this Tetris bullshit. I, I agree, 100%. Because why do you not say the maker of Tetris, the creator of Tetris, created a new game? Why does it say he introduces the game? So when you have a guy that's introducing the best actor award or the best new artist, does that mean they're the best new artist? No, they're just introducing it. I think they paid this dude to put his picture on the cover saying he introduced, and then on the back, using the same name, it says a great, from the creator of Tetris, a great game, challenging, addicting, and fun. I recommend it. Well, if you made this game, sure as hell you're going to recommend it. They straight up, and, and I may be wrong, but I'm, I'm with, you, I'm you prove me wrong. I'm standing on a mountain. They paid this son of a bitch. God, I hope they paid him well. I mean, it, it's not like the game's that bad that it's like tarnishing his name. And it is very obviously a clone of the popular... Like I say, you got to copy a game, copy the best. Yeah. And But 
why does it not why does there just a little it's almost like they made the game they got him to agree they paid him enough money it's almost like they put a little clip art on the top that says Alexi, the creator of Tetris, Alexi introduces. And then on the back, he says, it's fun and addictive. I recommend it. Well, no shit. I'm, They're paying you. Yes, he did not make this game. I do not think that he had shit to do with this game. The only thing he had to do with this game is they took his formula. They they basically Michael Jordan him. They They're like, hey, we just want to use your name. Here's probably a boatloads of rupees or whatever the hell they got over there. And, <laughs> Ruples. Yeah, same thing. The, out, <laughs> rupees, Zelda, Ruples, yeah. Ruples is Russian, rupees is Zelda, so if this was made in Japan, it'd be yen. If it was made in Vietnam, it'd be, it'd be dong. Well, uh, this game had a bunch of dong in it, too. Uh, so... That's all I've got to beat this game up with. I, you know, I don't know if the, the options menu really bother me, but I feel like I feel we got bait and switch, and I don't like that either. I don't like being bait and switch. Now it wasn't as bad. Now you can tell me that this guy did make this game, and you can kind of see the effects of it. But I feel like he would have put a better game out. I agree. And there's a Tetris movie coming out. I ain't watched it, but uh, I don't even know if it's out yet. But it's uh, not out. Yet. Oh, I can guarantee I'm going to be sitting there getting my rocks off watching this. <laughs> not that I'm any good at Tetris. I just like Tetris. <laughs> so uh, I've got one review. Uh, this game is actually is it reviewed from the pretty well. Was it from the creator of Tetris? No. Uh, <laughs> he introduces this review. Uh, I've got a review by Next Generation Magazine. I think it's a pretty accurate one. It's a solid magazine. I've got a fun fact. I got our price charting, and I got our speed run. Do you want to have the uh, fun fact speed run or the review first, Josh? So it's a fun fact. Okay, I only got one fun fact yeah. for this. Uh, and I, you don't overthink it, because it's not really too far-fetched. We're talking about Wild Snake. In Japan, do you know what the translation, I guess, is to the game I that do they not had? I feel like you have to say it with the accent. Super snakey. <laughs> is super snakey. In Japan, that's what they knew. Okay, super snakey. So, uh, all right. So, you want review or you want speed run? Well, you already done a review, so wouldn't it be price charting? No, no, no. I've, I've not did the review from Next Generation, what they said about this game when they reviewed oh, it. Oh, then yeah, uh, let's do the review. So it actually was reviewed higher than I thought it would be. Like there was a couple of reviews saying, oh yeah, it's cool, whatever. But Next Generation, I felt like it hit it the nail on the head. And I feel like their ranking out of five stars is probably right. They ranked it three out of five stars. Stating that Wild Snake manages to entertain, if only as a watered-down version of the game that it so desperately strives to beat. And so I'm sitting here thinking, I was like, this game is just a mediocre game. It's literally, yeah, I'm guessing they're not giving half stars because it's probably a two and a half out of five. Three out of five. I, I mean, I feel like it was, if I had to give it a two or a three, I'd put it on the three side too. Yeah. yeah. And it basically, that is it. It's just a watered-down version of a Tetris or Dr. Again, Mario. Again, they stayed in their lane. They produced a game that was in the lane. And they knew they weren't going to beat Tetris or Dr. Mario. Right. The only thing that I'm wondering is, with it being out in 94, if they actually were able to cash in a lot of money off this. If this game was in 92 or so, I could see people locking. The, like, not really locking. I could see the sales 
This coming out in 94, I feel like it probably did pretty poorly. It could have. All right, so we're going to hit a little speed run now, Josh. All right. Uh, Tell, so, is it a good name? Yeah, I mean, it, it's very... Uh, Snaky? Distinct. Okay. So, I mean, you got, it ain't like a Layhawk or... Or something. The guy who plays it, his name is Grant. Who plays games? Eh. Well, you, you, you're telling me everything I need to know. Yeah. His name's Grant. He's American, uh, or he says he hails from America. Uh, he's the only person who's beat King Cobra mode. Now, I've only played like four stages in a King Cobra mode, so I was already worn down after a day of playing this. Yeah. I don't know if this is a good time or not, Josh. And I feel like it's enough to intrigue. Uh, Grant, who <laughs> plays games, I ain't calling you a pansy. I'm just wanting to know how badass you are at this game. Yeah. Two years ago. Okay, recent. He's the only one that's turned in a speed run. Nobody else. No other competitors. Probably for good reason. He beat King Cobra mode in 45 minutes and 33 seconds. Oh, that's solid. Well, how much is there to King Cobra? That, that's mode? intriguing. And if I think it right, I've actually seen somebody trying to beat a speed run on YouTube that was probably Grant who plays games. And uh, they were like resetting it. Like as soon as it's, oh, that's a bad snake. Reset. Oh, bad snake. Reset. Oh, yeah. And like they're cracking so, this code. So, so okay. I mean, it may take me two hours to beat this game. It, King Cobra. It might, I might not be able to even do it. But this dude rocked So it. they know the code. They know. I, I would guess, and I don't know if that's Grant who plays games that I've seen on YouTube, but I'm like, there's way too much into this. Yeah, way that's all right. I'm, I'm not touching this. You can touch it. You can attempt it. I don't know that I will. Uh, all right, so uh, price charting. Uh, price charting, is they're fairly close. Of course, can't find a new version on eBay. Yeah. So we're going by price charting. Even though price charting says three of my year sells brand new. What do you think of loose copy runs, Josh? A loose cart of Wild Snake. I'm going to venture and say $23. Nope. You're high. I'm high. Okay, that makes me feel good. So I'm going to drop it down to $17. you are high. Really? Mm-hmm. So this game is... I'll, okay, I'll go with probably 11. You're high. Still. I, it would be nice. I don't know that there's one out there. But it'd be, I'm sure you could do it through price charting or something. It'd be nice to see from the highest to the high to the cheapest of the cheap games to see how like Where how this falls in the ranking of least expensive games. So ten. So 11's high. Five? No, no, no. You're, you're low. Okay. Yeah, you were probably close enough. I could have given it to you at eleven. Uh, eBay, I seen them at nine ninety nine. Uh, price charting had it nine eighty two. Caught ten dollar bill. Yeah, a crisp ten. So complete version. There's about a ten dollar difference in the uh, complete version. What do you think that's going to run you, Josh? I'm doing my math. So a complete copy with my math would be anywhere between twenty seven and twenty eight to thirty. Close enough. eBay, I seen them twenty six ninety nine. Okay. So the formula worked. Price charting had it seventeen ninety nine. I'm just sitting here thinking. I'm like, I would buy this game complete. <coughs> I bought Roger Clemens, I think, for maybe 
a little bit less, a little bit. I can't remember what I paid it. It was cheap. But a $20 complete game. I'm like, okay. I think that's worth it. But then when I looked on eBay, it was like $26.99. I don't know how it's been $26.99 on it. What do you think a new one runs, Josh? Like well, say, then the new one, you know, is the same thing. I, I just multiply this by four, so it'd be like 114-ish. Lower. See, so... <laughs> One, I'm not even gonna call it one. I'm gonna call it eighty. You hit the nail on the head. Seventy nine dollars and eighty three cents. Yeah, I'm just telling you. I didn't see any on eBay, so I feel like they'll be inflated on eBay because they were the same price loose. I'm well, sure I there's mean, a lot to complete. I'm sure a lot of people didn't keep the box. This is a ten dollar difference. I bet new on eBay. This game probably sells for one hundred twenty five dollars. Yeah, and that and like I said, that's the inflation of your completionists. Those are your collectors. But even at if you took the seventeen to twenty six dollars, you just call it like twenty two dollars for a brand new or a complete copy. This game for twenty two dollars isn't a bad deal to have a complete no, game. No, no. So we're talking about a loose cart. You're over here. You're going to the dang junk store down the road, Josh. Somebody says, "Hey, you can either have this game or I'll give you five dollars cash." Which would you take? I take the game. For ten dollars, I take the game. Yeah, I take the game. Twenty dollars, I might take the cash. Yeah, it wasn't the game was bad. It just wasn't great. It wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't great. But also, I feel like it'd be worth more if you took the cart versus the game versus the cash at that point. I, I could go ahead and tell you now. If I walked into the junk store and I bought like a lot of games, say I just bought like four games, they said you buy one, you buy all, and you know, say it was some, I was buying that lot for something else, but. They said four games, 40 bucks. And I did that. And I dropped $10 on this game. I think it's probably worth $10. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would have no problem with yeah, that. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad about that. And uh, yeah. Especially if I was a collector. I yeah. definitely wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, I mean, just like say, middle of the road. Hmm? It ain't trying to wow you. It's, it's, just, all right. it's just trying to give you. I mean, I guess it's really advertises what it is other than you're trying to throw a Tetris guy on the front yeah. of it. It, it was all right. All right, so. Uh, we're just going to rank this thing, Josh. Uh, so I'm sitting here thinking, because I know running through all these games, it takes a minute. And I, we've not discussed this. But I think after we hit our 20th game, which will be next week, I think we're going to break this down into seasons where we just do a top 10 list. And every 10 we add, maybe we put them into here. We'll talk more about it. Okay. Just that way we're not running through a list of like 50 possible <laughs> games as we're ranking. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I say once once we get to an area, like I said, you know, we'll, we'll keep doing this the way we're going. But I was thinking, you know, like say once we did hit 50, you know, we'll come in and immediately go, all right. So this is where we're going to rank this game in between such and such. Well, and we do have a Willis Nest Facebook page. So I think we're just going to keep a running tally pinned to the top of what these games are ranked. So even if we do have 30 games on there and we're going to add 10 in, we can insert them, have our yeah. own episode for that. But that's not here or there. I'm going to hammer out your top 18 games, Josh. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then you can tell me where you're at. Number one, Star Fox. Rockfleet Place. Family Feud, number two. Super Putty, three. Mickey and Minnie at the Circus. Four, Dragon View, True Lies, Jeopardy Sports, Fatal Fury 2 at 8, Mr. Nuts, Time Slip, Dracula at 11, No Escape, Terminator, Roger Clemens, Kid Cleats at 15, Obidus, Mario's Time Machine, and The Untouchables. 
So you got 18 games. And I'm kind of, I don't know where I'm putting mine at yet. This is kind of an interesting game. It's a very interesting because game. it's not good. It's not bad. It's just eh. Eh. so. And technically, to me, I think this is our first puzzle game because I want to count Mario's Time Machine as a puzzle game. Right. I would say probably the truest game that we played that I would call a puzzle game would probably be Super Putty, just because there was it wasn't like you had to. I wouldn't even really call it. I guess it a was an, game. That, that was an arcade yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So. Where are you going to drop this? And this is tough for me because I'm a puzzle guy. I like the, the I trivia love puzzles. games. I love trivia. I love puzzles. I'm, I think I'm going to probably put this right in between Jeopardy Sports and Fatal Fury. One. It wasn't two. I'm still sticking by my guns on that. Okay, so Jeopardy Sports and Fatal Fury, which means that you put Wild Snake is your new number eight game. Yes. So we got 19 games. This is in the top 50%. As of right now. Because okay. like you said, it was all right. It wasn't terrible. You're right. You're it right. wasn't great. So therefore, it doesn't go on Mount Rushmore. No, they, I just telling you, you're Mount Rushmore right now. How many was it? Four on Mount Four. Rushmore? Uh, Star Fox, Family Feud, Super Putty, Mickey and Minnie. Even though I'm not a Super Putty, big on Super Putty as you are, uh, uh, I don't know. Looking at my list, I, I don't know that this game's going to come close to it. I know what you're thinking; it would not come close to it. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of gut check. All right, so I'm going to hammer down one through eighteen of mine: Star Fox, Jeopardy, Sports, Dragon View, True Lies, Family Feud at five, Mickey and Minnie at the Circus, Mister Nuts, Time Slip, No Escape, Terminator at ten, Super Putty, Dracula, Fatal Fury two, two. Roger Clemens, Kid Cleats at 15, Obitus, Mario Time Machine, and Untouchables. So this is literally a middle-of-the-road game to me. So we got 18 games. Let me go up here to number nine and look. So we've got No Escape, Terminator, Super Putty. I like this game more than Super Putty. I'm just going to say that. I think I like this game more than Super Putty. Hmm. <laughs> Say if that's true, then you would definitely put it in between Super Putty and Dracula because you hated Dracula. Yeah, I didn't like Dracula. <coughs> I know where this game's going. I'm not really proud of it, but in this, I may be way too high. This may be a re-rank. But I'm sitting here looking at it. I think that this game, I think this is a testament to the quality of games that we've played. I think this is a legit middle of the road game. If we did 700 games and this was 350, I get it. Yeah, I get it too. I'm putting this game in between Mickey and Minnie and Mr. Nuts. I'm putting it at the new number seven. Oh, okay. And I don't know how I feel about it, but I think if I had to play Mr. Nuts for three days straight at this point or Wild Snake, I would play Wild Snake. I think. I, I think, think you get more. I think. I think you get more enjoyment out of Wild Snake, personally. <sighs> All right, so that's nineteen games, Josh. The twentieth one. I guess we're going to start season two with the twentieth one, and we're just so we break these lists up. So uh, I don't know. You think twentieth is going to be the the worst out of the twenty, or you think it's going to be the best? I think it's going to be middle of the road. We'd have to get something amazing to be the best. And personally, I think we have the worst already. I think we have the worst. 
it's before we leave you have anything else you want to add about wild snake i guess no no i'm good i don't have anything else mediocre game it was all right to play I think the price charting helped me with this game because if you had told me this was a hundred dollar game, I'd tell you, you lost your damn mind. Agreed. Uh, and there's stupid games that are worth that amount, but it's a cheap game. Kind of feels like a cheap game. But you knew what you were getting into. Yeah, yeah. They didn't try to overperform, which made it mediocre. So, like I said, it was down the middle. So, you want to have a awesome time? Not the game. You want to have a horrible time? Not the game. It's just. In the if, if you need to kill some time with a little bit of enjoyment, a little bit of fun, sure. The the probably the best part is from the moment we draw on this game until this, all I can think of is the, the slithery snake. Yeah, that stupid <laughs> fuck. I hate him. He's funny, man. He's not funny. All right, would you rather play this game for an hour or <coughs> listen to him for an hour? Play this game. I don't know. That's hundred percent. Play this game for all an right. hour. Well, we're gonna come back, do episode twenty. Uh we went long on Star Fox. We're going a little short on this one. Uh uh, I guess we'll see you one week from now. See y'all.